Ooh, you didn't tell me you were a brainiac. Welcome, welcome, welcome into Leather Brains, your host here, Slap Dog, episode 137. I am joined today by my very good friend, Yeti. You have a lot of Raider stuff going on back there, my friend. Hey, man, it was a good day, or it was a good week, I should say. Yeah. You know, we we, kept, we started off the week with a, a nice win for the Raiders against the Green Bay, which we'll talk about here in the episode, but... I got to represent because there's not going to be many of these W's this year. <laughs> well, <so. laughs> at the very least, at least you recognize that. Celebrate the wins. Enjoy them. Congratulations. We'll talk about that game here in just a moment. But that's not all we're going to talk about today, Eddie. We actually have quite a bit to discuss. So, of course, like you just mentioned, we're going to be talking about the Raiders. We're going to do some Monday night cleanup. We've got some who's in and who's out. So, just like it sounds, who's in for fantasy football and the NFL and who's out? Because there's a lot of players that have now just entered IR. We're going to talk about some replacements. We're going to have a lot of conversation revolving around those players who are coming back into the fold and those who have left. We're going to play some Flex Appeal, baby. Yeah. Mm. So, of course, if you are a regular brain brainiac, you know about Flex Appeal. We're going to pit two players against each other and decide who to put in your starting lineups. And then we're going to finish this thing with some brain busters. So if you guys have any questions, go follow us over on YouTube. Put your comments there on YouTube, and we will answer them at the end of the show. Before we kick things off, Yeti, you're not on Monday's episode. You're a part of this team, but you're not on mm-hmm. Monday's episode. Did you hear the wonderful news? What's that? The news that we have our first ever sponsor. Have you heard about this? Oh, shit. Yeah, you know, I think I heard a little bit about that. In fact, you know, there's a a nice little promo code that I saw was tweeted out by our account. Um, So we partnered with Prime Society. We did. I saw that on Monday. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, no, very excited about this. Um, As you mentioned, we have a a 20% off code. So go check out primesociety.com. Use code LBZ20 to get 20% off of your first order. These are like, these are, they're very high quality leather products. We're talking about wallets, backpacks, luggage. And these these, uh, are used actually by a a lot of pro athletes. Tyreek Hill has his own custom bag with Prime Society. Christian McCaffrey's purchased from them. Baker Mayfield. Clay Thompson, who's not NFL, but still a (laughs) a high-caliber player. (laughs) And uh, and I believe you own some of their products. Do you not? Yeah, man. So for the past couple years, I've been rocking a a Prime Society wallet here. So it looks a little, uh, you know, I've definitely used it a a good amount here. Um, and then I have a backpack actually from Prime Society as well Very nice. that uh, my boys over at Prime Society hooked me up with. So shout out to Prime Society. Uh, the quality on these bags is top notch. And I mean, you, you can see secure the bag on and off the field through Prime Society. Dang straight, baby. Go check out primesociety.com, LBZ20. Use the code, get 20% off. Very excited to be uh, to have our, our sponsor with them, our first sponsor with them. So, all right, enough plug Enough sponsorship talk. Let's talk about Monday Night Football. That's what the people yeah, want. That's what baby. the people need. Congratulations, Yeti. The Raiders, as a, re- as a resident Raiders fan, you guys beat the Green Bay Packers. 
So congratulations. I, I'm going to say this, and I, I hope you don't take offense to it. This was probably one of the most difficult games I've ever had to watch for NFL because it was. <laughs> it looked like neither team, kind of like the Browns and the, or excuse me, the uh, the Ravens this last week. It was who neither team wanted to win between the Ravens and Steelers, and now you have this this disgusting game between the Packers and the Raiders. It was a snooze fest. It was terrible. It was boring. But you know what? You guys got it done. So congratulations, my friend. Yeah, this was basically a battle of who wants a mid-off more, basically. You had two terrible offenses going up against two terrible defenses. Like, what could go wrong, right? Um, (laughs) If if it wasn't a Raiders game, I wouldn't really have much to talk about here. (laughs) Um, And I think it all starts, I want to start with the Raiders offense here. Um, I saw a stat earlier that was pretty mind-blowing. Um, the Raiders have scored 20 or fewer points in their first five games this season. And that's only the fifth time that this has happened in the past 15 years. So you're look, you hear this stat, right? And you're like, okay, but what about like Josh Jacobs? What about Devonte Adams, J- Jacoby Myers? These are guys that you have on your fantasy teams that, you know, they're producing, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's starting to come around a little bit. Devontae Adams, he's a top 10 wide receiver. And Jacoby Myers, he? he's a wide receiver too. Is is Devontae Adams a top 10 wide receiver at this point? Because he put up a stinker this last night with uh, Jim Garoppolo, or the other night, with Jim Garoppolo as the quarterback. Jacoby Myers was the, the, the wide receiver for this team. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a clear connection between Jimmy G and uh, Jacoby Myers on the field. Even the commentators kind of alluded to this, that Jimmy G and Devontae Adams are just a, a they're off somewhere. They're mm-hmm. they're not in sync, whereas Jacoby Myers and Jimmy G, it's it's like night and day. Can I can I propose this idea to you? Uh-huh. I don't have the statistics in front of me, so understand don't come after me, but I, I just I wanna have a a very candid conversation about Devontae Adams and Jim Garoppolo. Could it be perhaps that not because Devontae Adams is a bad wide receiver. I don't think any of us are saying that, but because Jim can't throw the ball. And, you know, you look at Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams typically is not playing in the slot. He's typically out wide. He's beating them, you know, and long balls are thrown to him. That's what him and Aaron Rodgers were doing. That's what even him and Derek Carr were doing. Jim Garoppolo can't throw the ball worth a shit, so he's hitting Jacoby Meyer because he's more of that slot type receiver. Do you think that might actually play some of the factors to why Adams is not finding his finding as much success as Myers? Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on with that take there. And a lot of the issue has to do with the offensive line. Jimmy G doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. But also, you look at Jimmy G's career stats, he's not a deep ball guy. No. Look at what he did in San Fran. Yep. Um, you know, get the ball to guys in, in space and let them do the work. And then that's exactly what they're doing with Jacoby Meyer out of the slot. Just feed these little five, 10 yard slant routes or out routes and let Jacoby Meyer do the work. And what about Hunter Renfro? He's just no longer on this team, it would appear. He's an odd man out at this point. They, uh, they've they started playing a rookie. Um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Carter out of Cincinnati. I think Trey Carter. Um, and they've been using him a lot more on like end arounds and like jet sweep type of stuff um and hunter renfro just hasn't seen the snap share which is kind of it's surprising considering hunter renfro was a pro bowler a couple years ago with Derek. Carr. well yeah and i was just gonna mention that like he was like a top 10 wide receiver at one point 
for this for fantasy football and for this team and now he's just non-existent so kind of crazy to see given where he was and how quickly he dropped off for this for this team on the flip side of it what about the Packers I mean the 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 conversation I mean it's gross I don't know I I don't really know any Packers fans that I can just text and have a conversation with but I don't know where they go from here. I don't know if, if it's Jordan Love. I don't know if it's his offensive line. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, he's for all intents and purposes, he's a rookie quarterback, but he's really not because he's set behind Aaron Rodgers for so long. So the question becomes, for us as selfish fantasy football players, what do we do with this Packers offense? Yeah, I think that's a really good question at this point because A.J. Dillon, he was a bright spot against the Raiders, right? But I don't know how much stock to put into that because the Raiders' defense is terrible. And A.J. Dillon, before this game, he his averages were terrible. And I honestly thought he was going to get cut or bench at some point because he just wasn't putting in work with Aaron Jones being gone. Mm-hmm. So A.J. Dillon, I think if you have him, try to sell him. You know, Try to get what you can for, for him. Um, and then the wide receiver room, it's it's scary, man. It, it was good to see Christian Watson come back, and he played over 80% of the snaps on a Monday night. But him coming back is just, it causes chaos yeah. with Romeo Dubs and uh, Jaden Reed there as well. Well, and it, it begs the question, like, can you count on him consistently? At this point, I say, I say nay. I don't know if you can because while I do think that some of like they have fantasy value on a week to week basis, it makes it really, really difficult to try and say, I'm going to start this guy because he's going to be the one that hits. And that, that never seems to be the case for this team, especially with Christian Watson back in the fold. Yeah. And let me ask you this. If Aaron Jones comes back after their bye week and he's healthy, are you starting him? Do you think he can provide a spark in this offense? I hope so. I think anybody who owns Aaron Jones certainly hopes so for fantasy, but I don't know. I, I really don't. I think that that's kind of something that the Packers are probably also hanging their hat on and saying, God, I hope that he can. I mean, you look at it, very obviously, they want to try and establish the run. They, they're interested in getting another bell cow running back. The Packers were one of the, the contenders, the quiet contenders for Jonathan Taylor before he found his home. So they want to try and find a bell cow running back or somebody who, you know, that has that spark and the ability to, to be that three down back for them. Aaron Jones is just getting old and the, the, the yeah. tread on the tires is starting to wear off. And so at that point, is there any juice left to squeeze? I, I think, you know, we're starting to see that. And he's not the only running back. There's other running backs. Derrick Henry's another one that really comes to mind as someone who, like, this is probably his last hoorah as far as, like, potential productivity. He's on the field more than 50% of the time, but Tajay Spears is someone who's kind of starting to take over. And and I'm not surprised by it. I think Aaron Jones is maybe in a similar category. Hopefully there's a little bit more, but um, still not a good look. I mean, I... Would you want to own Aaron Jones right now? Oh, God, no. Okay. No, I I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play, too, because when the season started, we were, I mean, I was like, uh, Jordan Love, he looks amazing. Like, this team might be better with him than with Aaron Rodgers. But over the past two games, Jordan Love has thrown five picks, and he just, he looks like he's a rookie out there now making stupid mistakes. And no matter who you put in that backfield, I think the box is going to be stacked and you're going to have to make guys miss, which is that's not a a recipe for success. So he's on by this week. And, but then the following week, I mean, they're playing Denver. And if if we know anything about fantasy football, (laughs) it's you start your players against Denver, right? Like the running backs 
absolutely feast. So Aaron Jones, if he's back after this bye week, you play him. And then you know what you do, Yeti? You sell him after that because they're going to feast against Denver and you try and sell based on that, that high game that Aaron Jones is very probable to have. And Brainiacs, I hope none of your friends listen to uh, this podcast so you can sell them after that week. There you go, baby. <laughs> uh, okay, so I mentioned that the Packers have a bye this week. So if you have any of the Packers and you were starting any of them, don't because sorry. they're on bye. And I'm also sorry. And same thing for the Steelers. They're also on bye. And I'm also sorry if you're starting any Steelers players right now because for fantasy football, it's absolutely atrocious. Don't worry about it. You don't have to play the game this week. They're both on bye. We're going to go over to who's in and who's out, Yeti. So this this is kind of, we're going to talk about players who are coming back from injury, who are currently on injury, and who have just left with injury. And what do we do with them for fantasy? What do we do for backups? What do, what does their outlook look like for the NFL? Let's start with Deshaun Watson. He missed last week due to a rotator cuff contusion. Say that three times fast. He's to be determined this week against the 49ers. Not a good matchup anyway. I mean, I'm in the camp. They're probably going to sit Deshaun Watson. I don't know why you would go out there and put him against the top-ranked defense in the NFL when he's coming back from injury anyway. I envision that the Browns sit him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think they have to sit him 100%, especially with this matchup. Like He's going to get beat up, yeah. basically, with, with that 49ers defense. Yeah, and the backup... Last week was Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He started against the Ravens. He went 19 for 36 for 121 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. Not a good look. The Browns have now said that if Deshaun Watson sits this week, they're probably going to play P.J. Walker. I don't blame him, but my question to you is, are there, are there any Browns players worth starting this week against the 49ers with or without Deshaun Watson? Honestly, no. I mean, obviously, if you have a Browns player and you're starting them, they're probably like Amari Cooper or Jerome Ford at this point. But given the the matchup and the uncertainty at quarterback, I'm fading those guys if I can. You know, hopefully you have somebody on your bench who could replace Amari Cooper, um, because I would be surprised if he, you know, if he gets over 10 points this week, which isn't going to get it done for you. No. I mean, even with Watson, you're still sitting Amari Cooper? Yeah, I okay. think so, because we have to remember that this injury is on his throwing shoulder. Mm-hmm. And we, Derek Carr, I mean, he has a different injury, but he's dealing with the injury on his throwing shoulder as well. And we haven't seen Derek Carr push the ball down the field at all or even make an effort past, you know, the line of scrimmage or five yards past the line of scrimmage. So I think you can... uh bench everybody on Cleveland yeah I I tend to agree let's talk about another quarterback here Anthony Richardson this one's really unfortunate I own a share of Anthony Richardson but even if I didn't I still would be very depressed by this news and I am he's he uh he hurt his shoulder with an AC joint sprain a uh, I think it was a defensive lineman it was the defensive player landed on his shoulder in the middle of a game and it did not look very comfortable very obviously he has hurt himself he's now expected to miss 4 to 8 weeks that's terrible and I feel bad for this guy he's a rookie quarterback he actually was playing very well in my opinion both running and throwing the ball he was finding a lot of success he, his biggest issue is he's just struggled to stay healthy. He got a concussion in week two, and then he missed a game, and now he's back, and then he gets hurt again, and now he's going to miss potentially half the half the season now. Very unfortunate news, but the show must go on. 
I am a big Gardner Minshew fan. I love Gardner Minshew, a.k.a. Uncle Rico. I love the guy. What do you think about him? Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew is more than capable of weathering the storm while Richardson is gone, to be honest with you, man. I think Minshew, if he was with the Jets, that Jets team would probably only have one loss at this point because Minshew is a hell of a lot more talented than Zach Wilson. And, um, I mean, the numbers back it up. You look at what Minshew has done in the two games that he started without Anthony Richardson so far this season. Uh, he has a 68.7 completion rate, two touchdown passes, and no picks. Obviously, we want the touchdowns to be a little higher, right? I'd like but that, yeah. At least he's not turning the ball over, and they were getting the job done on the ground with Minshew in there. Um, obviously, Minshew, he doesn't really have the rushing upside, obviously, as uh, Richardson, but I think Michael Pittman and then Josh Downs are really going to benefit from Minshew being in there because he's more of a uh, pocket passer so well let's let's look at the other side of this let's look at the running game mm-hmm. uh, a t- this is a big topic of conversation in fantasy landscapes right now Jonathan Taylor came back Jonathan Taylor signed his three-year deal I mean we're let's let's start with the three-year deal I asked Alan and Alan about this Scotty was unfortunately not able to be on Monday's episode but I just wanted like were you surprised by this because I know I was I, I did not see Jonathan Taylor signing with the Colts given all of the drama that had happened I thought those bridges were burned yeah, the three-year, uh, $14 million a year contract was really surprising to me because I thought those bridges were burned, like you said. But winning solves a lot of issues, and money solves a lot of issues. So it's almost like, you know, Earsay could say whatever the fuck he wants about running backs, and, you know, as long as I'm getting my money, we're good. Um, but I think this kind of shows you that teams are going to have to be flexible with their running backs going forward. Because if your running back is flexible for you, if they are catching the ball out of the backfield and they're getting 15 and 20 touches or carries a game, you have to be willing to pay them too. So hopefully, you know, in this coming offseason, we don't have to have the, oh, is this running back going to get paid conversation again? Because if, if they are producing, pay the fucking running backs. Pay them. Well, Zach Moss was producing. Zach Moss uh-huh. has continued to produce all season. He is on a contract year, so after this year, he is a free agent, and they paid Jonathan Taylor a shit ton of money while Zach Taylor was producing. I was pretty surprised by this, given the entirety of the situation. You have this guy who's actually doing really well for your team, and John, don't get me wrong, Jonathan Taylor is the better running back, but he comes back this week. And Zach Moss is still the guy to own. So for fantasy football, everybody's sitting there scratching your head saying, which one do I start? Which one do I play? So my question to you, Yeti, is which one do you start? I think you roll with Zach Moss going forward, to be honest, man. Um, And I say this knowing that Jonathan Taylor, he's going to get ramped up over the next couple weeks, right? But he wasn't a part of training camp. He wasn't in any preseason games. He didn't get any practice reps with the ones. He's going to be rusty. I mean, look at Josh Jacobs when he came back. He missed all of preseason. He missed all of training camp, and it, it showed. These guys need game reps. You know, they can work out as much as they want. They can work out with million-dollar fitness trainers and whoever. That's great. I can do that, too. But it, it's different when you go onto a football field and you're playing guys that are running at you 18 to 20 miles per hour. Mind and you. you're having to find the cuts. The offense is different this year, right? I mean, not only do they have a yep. new quarterback, but they have a new head coach. They have new schemes. They have new a new system. So... 
I agree with you. I think this week, especially Zach Moss is the play. I do expect Jonathan Taylor to get more worked into this offense. I mean, very obviously they pay the guy for a reason, right? So he's going to be there, but you got to prove it to me before you earn a spot in my lineup at this point. And Zach Moss, if I own him, I'm playing him because I, I don't think you can afford not to until Jonathan Taylor gets caught up to speed with this offense and uh, and looks a little bit more like the Jonathan Taylor that we do now. And one more thing about Jonathan Taylor real quick, and I know we haven't heard anything about his ankle, but it's important to note that he did have ankle surgery and he missed a lot of time last season. So we don't really know if he, you know, if he's fully healed, mm-hmm. if he's comfortable with his ankle, we don't know what the status is of his ankle. So it could be one of those situations where they just want to, you know, let's give him 10 snaps a game for the first few weeks and call it good. Sure. Uh, while we're talking about running backs, let's talk about Austin Eckler. Austin Mm -hmm. Eckler is uh, slated to come back this week, which is great news for the Chargers. Great news for uh, fantasy owners that own Austin Eckler. He's returning from a high ankle sprain against a Cowboys defense that is typically pretty stout. So I obviously, if you own Eckler, you have to start him. He's a must start. But uh, I think that really the the conversation is I think you can probably drop Joshua Kelly at this point if you own him in in redraft formats, fair to say. 100%. 100%. Okay. He combined for 13 PPR points in three starts without Eckler. But when Eckler's there, he found he like he had more success with Eckler than he ever did without him. So maybe Eckler's a good luck charm. Maybe. Huh? Maybe. No. Yeah, I, that's all it is. I think I think you probably if there's other people on the waiver wire that are more juicy, I think you can probably drop Kelly, but um it is apparent that Kelly is the guy to own if if Eckler misses any time. So if you do own the handcuff, don't expect much out of him, but it's a dark, scary place for those that are looking for running back handcuffs. So um, if you got the depth, keep him, but don't expect much. Another running back, Javante Williams, running back for the Broncos. He missed last week due to a quad injury, but he was a full participant in practice up to this Thursday night game here tomorrow against the Chiefs or today if you're listening on the podcast. You start him if you if you have him, Yeti? This situation is really interesting because Javante was out last week and we saw McLaughlin and Samaj P. Ryan. They split the snaps or they split the carries rather in the backfield with P. Ryan earning more snaps, right? But I think McLaughlin, he could earn more playing time with the spark that he provided uh, last week against the Jets. And with Javante coming back, I, I'm kind of leery of this backfield now it's almost like it's a committee approach in my mind especially if Javante is still nursing the squad injury I mean in the icing on the cake here is the Chiefs fall right out of top 10 as far as rushing defenses they're on number 11 on the season thus far they have a pretty decent rush defense Chris Jones is there he is a dominant force and this Broncos offense is abysmal so I would lean towards no. I would be looking for other options. If you have to start him, mm-hmm. I understand. But I, you know, if he's like a flex consideration, I would be looking at some other flex options before I, I uh, plug and play Mr. Williams. Somebody. You- and since we're a uh, pro Chiefs podcast this week, because fuck Denver. I'm Sorry, fine. Denver nope, I'm listeners. Fine with that. I'm okay. Uh, with that. Denver hasn't beaten the Chiefs in 16 games. <laughs> it's about to be 17 after tomorrow. It's about to be 17. Somebody else that you cannot put in your starting lineup right now unfortunately is none other than devon a chain i know it's a chan or a chan it's but we're calling it chain because that just sounds way too cool he's placed on ir due to his knee 
This sucks, man. This one is a terrible, terrible news. This rookie running back for the Dolphins was looking absolutely explosive. He was, I think he was RB3 on the season, going absolutely nuclear, and then he gets hurt. This is devastating news, Yeti, and anybody who owned him was like, it was almost you win the week every week because his rushing upside was just killing and gashing people for fantasy, and now he's gone. So what do you do? What do you do here? Gone but never forgotten, man. Um, and that's what I like to say about Raheem Mostert, too, because even though Achan, he took over that backfield, uh, Mostert is still graded as the best running back per pro football focus, the which is like saying 33. a lot. Yeah, he's he's 33, 32, whatever the fuck he is. But he is still getting the job done, man. And he's averaging 5.4 yards per carry, which is that's that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good average right there. That's so scary. I think. I mean, obviously, a Chan, he has that explosiveness. He could touch the ball and go for 80 yards. Yes, I get that. Mostert probably doesn't have that ability, but if he is getting the volume in that offense that is so explosive, it's the best scoring offense that we've seen so far, you are starting Raheem, Mo- Raheem Mostert in all of your leagues. Let me ask you this question. Because this this running back room worked in tandem. I mean, it, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment to tell you the exact splits, but very obviously Devon A-Chain was on the field. He was doing really well. So it was Raheem Mostert. They were both working together. With A-Chain gone, is there a world that Jeff Wilson might be able to live in? Jeff Wilson, the running back, he is returning from injury. Uh, he was just came back from the IR. He was not fully activated last week, but the, he might come back and be activated this week. Like, I'm not saying start him, but you're pretty decent own at this point as a potential candidate to help replace A-Chain's role. Honestly, I think any running back in that Miami backfield is <laughs> should be on your bench at this point because Raheem Mostert has injury problems. Jeff Wilson has injury problems. So maybe some of those younger guys that we're not talking about right now are worth picking up, like Ahmed. He's sitting on a lot of waiver wires. If, if you have a deep, shallow league, go look for Ahmed out there. Uh, Chris Brooks is another guy who I've seen touted a little bit. He's a very explosive guy out there. And if Mostert or Jeff Wilson were to miss any time, I think those guys are great stash options because the line is opening up holes, and then you have Tyreek and Waddle taking the top off just offenses. So it's just... It's it's a free game for running backs, man. I love Mike McDaniel, man. What a goofy, awesome guy. And he is getting it done with the Dolphins. He, I mean, he's uh, broke records in week five here. Um, the most offensive yards through five weeks, he's done it. So it's really cool to see. Obviously, when you have a uh, an Olympic track star team, they're going to get it done, and he is. So congratulations to him and those Dolphins. They're a fun team to watch, man. You know, what you know what team isn't fun to watch, though? Oh, the Cardinals. Yeah, sorry, buddy. The Cardinals. James Conner, the only nice, potentially cute piece to own for this offense, aside from maybe Hollywood Brown. He's he's up there. Um, he's on the IR. He got hurt, Yeti. He's on the IR due to a knee injury. Yep, he's going to be on the IR for at least four weeks, so he's going to miss games against the Rams, Seattle, Baltimore and Cleveland which you know if you're looking at that you're probably like yeah you know that's probably a good time to rest because all of those run defenses are pretty stout so my question to you slaps is what do you make of this backfield going forward 
because there's a lot of talk of DeMarcado. He is a top waiver wire addition for this week, but you have Keontae Ingram coming off injury this week. So what do you do with this backfield? Yeah, Keontae Ingram, he had a neck injury, so he was not playing. Um, and he he's coming back this week. He Actually, I think he was activated from IR last week, but did not suit up or anything. But it sounds like, especially with this injury news, he's going to be there. DeMarcado was a great waiver wire owned for a lot of people. Or I'm not going to say great. He was a highly touted waiver wire ad this week. I said on the previous episode with the waiver wire conversation, I'm not buying it. And I really am not. And I... I uh, I do believe that Ingram is the guy to own. I said that in the, the episode last week, and they actually came out and said, and by they, I mean the uh, the Cardinals came out and said Ingram is going to be the RB1. I tried to tell people that. I said, hey, look, like this is probably going to happen. Don't spend big on him. DeMarcado did not look bad, but this Bengals defense also hasn't looked great either. And as you mentioned there's a lot of competition coming in these next couple weeks, my friend. I mean, you have the Rams, the Seahawks, the Ravens, and the Browns, like you said. That is difficult on a very subpar team at best. I think they're good stashes, and if you're in a desperation play, you can probably throw Ingram in there. I would say is probably the guy to own, but um, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him. Yeah, and I, I feel bad for anybody that has to start one of these guys, right? Yeah. But I, in my opinion, we, we've seen what Ingram can do in this offense, and it's not very great. You know, he filled in last year for James Conner when James Conner missed time. Um, but they also rotated Eno Benjamin in quite a bit. They also put in Corey Clement uh, ahead of Keontae Ingram. So I'm just, I'm, I wanted to ask because it's just, it's, I'm very curious if Ingram is really the starter for the for the Cardinals. And they're probably it's probably going to be a split backfield. To be honest with you, as I have said multiple times on this show, the Cardinals are dog shit. We're terrible. I know that. There are pieces I still enjoy for fantasy. Hollywood Brown is someone that I I, I genuinely like. He's he's not terrible. I mean, he's wide receiver twelve on the season. On a very yeah. underperforming team. Granted, he's gotten some lucky... T- he, I won't say lucky, but he's gotten touchdowns, which have kept you in the game for him. But his target share is great as well. So you have somebody like Hollywood Brown, which I I think should be a starter for most people. He's disgusting as far as like on paper. You're like, oh, I don't want to touch any of the Cardinals people. But he's, he's wide receiver 12 on the season, man. Like You can't argue with that. And so... We have people in our league that are starting Drake London over Hollywood Brown, and I'm just like, why? Like, Who would do that? I, I don't know. Probably somebody on this podcast show. Uh, but I, I just, I that to me just perplexes me. I wasn't trying to dig on anyone, but um, my point being is like, I don't. Nobody's talking about Hollywood Brown. Nobody's talking about about how he's doing. But he is like right out of wide receiver one territory, or in a wide receiver one. If you're in a twelve team league, like. Potential trade candidate, a buy low guy. Because and he's with getting James Conner being out, you have Hollywood Brown, who's probably going to get the ball more. Probably he's, somebody's got to step up, and he's the only playmaker left on that offense. Yeah, and and Zach Ertz is another guy I've been really high on. I've I've uh, been very high on him, and it's not because I think he's the best tight end in the game, but because his volume that he sees on a week-to-week basis. Cardinals are typically playing from behind, so they have to throw the ball. So I think that really benefits uh, Ertz and Hollywood and for that reason. And Joshua Dobbs, he's not a great quarterback, but he also is getting the ball in these playmakers' hands. So I, I can't sit there and bitch at him too much. 
he's helping I'm me. I'm glad you brought up Joshua Dobbs too. Sorry to interrupt you again. No, you're but, fine. Um, I'm glad you brought him up because I want to talk about Kyler Murray just for a second. Absolutely. I know we're kind of we're going off the rails no, a little bit here, it's fine. but That's what we're doing. Um, you know, Kyler Murray. Uh, he, we don't really know if he's going to come back this season, right? It's just, it's all a guessing game at this point. Um, but if you own Kyler Murray in a dynasty, or you you hold him in a redraft, and you're just holding out hope that he comes back at the season, what are you doing with him? Like, do you do you think that he's going to play at all this season? No, no, I don't. I think as a Cardinals fan. This is what I want. Now, what I want and what are reality could be different things here, but why start him? Like, seriously, like, why do you, why start Kyler Murray? He's going to come in midway through the season, and it's going to look exactly like what happened when Deshaun Watson came back halfway through the season, where he's going to look like shit. We have no chance at doing anything anyway. And then what? You go into the next season, you maybe win a couple games that you potentially could have lost and given yourself better draft capital. So I don't think that they will. The Cardinals also have not ruled out the possibility that they trade Kyler Murray. They have come out and said that. And I think that we're going to talk about this in a little bit. So I don't want to get too far in the weeds of this. And and maybe we put a pin in this conversation. Let's just put a pin in this. Is that okay with you? We'll come back to this when we talk. We will talk about it here in just a little bit. I promise you. But let's put a pin in it. Let's move over to Khalil Herbert. Some of these is not nearly in the same conversation as, as Kyler Murray, but he's a running back for the Bears. He's expected to miss three to four weeks with a high ankle sprain. His backup, Rashawn Johnson, his brain scrambled. He's in concussion protocol. They're running out of running backs. They got Justin Fields. He can run the ball. And they have Deonta Foreman. He is slated to be the starter this week because they have no one else. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's funny because the Bears, they were playing a fullback for the fourth quarter. I don't know if you noticed that last Thursday night, but they were playing a fullback because Herbert was out, Rashawn Johnson was out, so they had to play their fullback as a running back, which is great. Um, I, In my mind, if Rashawn Johnson is out, Foreman becomes a must-play. And I say that because I don't, I don't think he's an elite running back. I don't think he's a great running back, but... I think this Bears offense is great. And I, I think they're gonna get a lot of they're gonna get some red zone looks, and that's where Herbert Did you say could the Bears the offense in great in the same sentence? Man, I, I really do think over the past couple of weeks that the Bears have turned on the Jets. And I, I know I know they have played Denver and they have played Washington. You know, not the greatest defenses. I'm fully aware of that. But if you look at what Justin Fields is doing out there, he looks a lot more comfortable in this offense. And he looks like he has a lot more command of his of his balls <laughs> and of this whole offense. You know, he I know, like I said, the level of competition, we can throw that out there. I completely get that. But if you look at what he is doing with his eyes and with his movements and what he does against the defenses and drawing them to one side of the field and throwing it to the other side. Like, I think this offense is legit, and they're starting to click. I can't buy it. I want to buy it. What you're selling me sounds so good. I can't buy it. I can't. And the, the reason being, and I like I've, I've said previously, I think I said this as early as last episode, how in the world do you only get 
the ball to one receiver all night. <laughs> that to, uh, God's honest truth that concerns me because how? I mean, how? You got one wide receiver the ball in four quarters of the game. Was it great for fantasy? Absolutely. I loved it as a DJ Moore owner. But from like a, a, a fantasy, or not a fantasy, but from an NFL perspective, you look at this Bears offense, that's alarming to me. That's very alarming. Is it because Darnell Mooney sucks? Maybe. Is it because his other quarter or his other wide receivers suck? Velas Jones or Amon Ra's brother? Maybe. But I'm hard pressed to believe that you can't get them the ball one singular time in an NFL game. Is DJ Moore a great wide receiver? Yes, he is. He proved that. Is Cole Komet usable for Justin Fields? Absolutely, because he's an easy dump off. But I haven't seen him take the steps forward that I would have liked to see him take. He's not in the same realm as, as Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts at all. He's got for fantasy maybe because of the rushing upside, but as far as skill level, he's not there. So I'm concerned. But does he need to be? Because we we have seen Chicago win two weeks in a row now, or I guess one week. But that that offense is starting to come to life, and I think they're going to put up enough points to win these games. Now it's on the defense. In true Bears fashion, here's what I see happening. They'll beat the Vikings this week. Or they'll they'll lose to the Vikings this week. They'll beat the Raiders. They'll lose to the Chargers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, Eddie. Their competition is not great, but it's not difficult. It's game it's it's games that are competitive. So they could push themselves out of contention for having the first overall pick. Now, now they have the Panthers pick as well, so that if the Panthers continue to suck, and I expect them to, then perhaps they that's still on the table. But there's going to have to be some decisions that are made in this in, in this organization. Maybe you get a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator and you keep Fields around. I don't know. But right now, I just haven't seen – I if I was a Bears fan, I couldn't hang my hat up at the end of the day and say, you know what, we got our guy because I'm still not bought in. He's shown sparks. He's shown a sign of life. But I've seen it come and go a few times now, and it's just hard for me to buy into. So I – I hope you're right. I really do hope you're right, but I just can't buy it at the moment. Yeah, and I, I get it. And from a fantasy perspective, we have to love how concentrated this offense is, though. Yes. Because you have DJ Moore, obviously, Cole Komet, Justin Fields, and then their running back. Yeah. That's basically all you need in that offense. Where, are you so, playing Deontay Foreman this week against the Vikings defense? Their rushing is number 13, and 13th best yep. rushing defense. I'm playing him if Rashawn Johnson is out. Okay. Yes. What about Amon Ross St. Brown? He missed last week due to an abdominal strain versus the Packers, but he is expected to play this week versus Tampa Bay. Is is, is Amon Ross St. Brown considered a must-start wide receiver now? Is he is he entered that category? Of course. of course. Okay. I agree. Of course, man. I, I um he's getting the target share. He hasn't had one of those big games yet. I understand that, but he is Mr. Consistent right now. And if you look at what this offense is doing, they are top five in basically every metric from a team offense perspective. And they are running the fuck out of the ball too, which doesn't help Amon's case, but the opportunities are there for him. Yeah. No, he's he's a must start. If he's going to be playing in this game, he is a must start. I do want to see, and this is just a little sidebar, I want to see Jameson Williams. I really want to see, I mean, he was mm-hmm. there last week. It was really like, 
one of his, I think it was like his third NFL game or something, maybe. So, like, we haven't really seen him. I want to see him with Amon Ross St. Brown. I want to see him with this full offense, and I want to see, like, him get comfortable in this offense. I want to see what he truly can do. I'm excited for him, but I haven't, he was pretty quiet last week, which was. He's going to be like one of those Gabe Davis guys where it's <sighs> one week just completely quiet. The next week, he's going to have two catches for 100. 25 yards and two touchdowns. As long as he doesn't drop the balls like Gabe Davis does. <laughs> I think most people are okay with that. Um, th- this is the conversation. This is where I put the pin in the conversation. We're going to start it off with Justin Jefferson. Okay. Before okay. I pull the pin out, because this is, this is a really important fantasy and NFL conversation that is about to happen. So Justin Jefferson, probably, I'm just going to say he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. He is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And he, uh, you can make an argument, go ahead if you'd like, but I think for the most part, nobody's going to argue me that. He's placed on IR due to a hamstring injury. Very tough to see. Tyreek Hill's up there, too. I started thinking about all the other wide receivers, but Justin Jefferson, he is one of the best. So he should be able to come back. He's first eligible to come back in week 10 for NFL and fantasy purposes. So the question being... What the hell do you do with Justin Jefferson? Terrible news. But what do you do? Yeah. Um, obviously, dynasty formats, I don't even want to answer that. You just hold on Absolutely. to him, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do not try to sell him at this point. Um, with Justin Jefferson, yes, he might be. He's done for four weeks. Question marks if he comes back this season. But he is still the best wide receiver to own and dynasty formats redraft formats that's where it gets a little interesting it's fun because we can sit here and we can make the case that yeah he'll be back in four games you know he's going to come back against um the saints everything will be fine he'll play the rest of the season but slaps do you think that justin jefferson is going to play it again this season i just I think there's a really there is a chance that he does not. Like you think about it like this, it there's a lot going on here, man. And it goes it goes way further than do we think that he's going to come back this season. It's is Kirk Cousins going to be around next uh, by the end of the season? What is the record of this team by the end of the season without Justin Jefferson? Is it worth bringing Justin Jefferson back given the fact that they're probably going to have a losing record and they're not going to be able to even make a playoff push? Is he going to sign with this team because he's still under his rookie contract and he hasn't officially signed anywhere yet? There's a lot going on here. So for him to get injured is devastating for fantasy football, but the implications go way further as far as the NFL is concerned, and that's really what I want to have this conversation about. What is going on with Jeff? For dynasty purposes, yes, you you hold him because there's absolutely no reason to move on from him. He is a He's a league-winning wide receiver. You don't find those too often. So to sell him is absolutely foolish. He's young. He's talented. He will come back. It's just a matter of when. I lean towards no. I don't know. I don't think he plays another snap this season, Yeti. And so if he doesn't play another snap this season, I and for full disclosure, I'm on the same camp as you that he is not going to play again this season. But for redraft purposes, saying that we are both thinking he's out, if if I own him in a redraft format, I might be trying to sell him at this point. I, would. I might be trying to sell him yeah. to somebody who's like, oh, you know, all I have to do is hold on for four weeks 
and I'll get Justin Jefferson back and I'll get, you know, top 10 production. Great. Okay. But you know, that might look like a robbery in four weeks when we get the news that Justin Jefferson won't play again this season. Yes. And the other thing to note with this is can you afford it? Can a Justin Jefferson owner afford to have him sit out for four weeks? Because that's the other side of this coin is if you can sell Justin Jefferson right now in a redraft format, you are, I I'm selling him because are you going to make the playoffs? The goal in fantasy football is to make the playoffs because anything can happen. Just like in the NFL, anything can happen in the playoffs. You can have one player go off on a spike week and you are barely scraped by into the playoffs. And next thing you know, you're in the championship. So the goal is to get to the playoffs. Does Justin Jefferson sitting in your IR for four weeks get you to the playoffs? The answer is no, he does not. Now, if you're if you're undefeated and you can take a risk on potentially, or you just have a stacked team and you can take that 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 financial risk of setting him on the bench for points. Okay. But if you're a middle of the pack team, you own Justin Jefferson, you probably need to sell him to try and get you some value to make you get a playoff push. Like that's, that's where I'm at. And I, I you're not in your head. Yes. So I'm assuming you completely agree with that statement. I agree a hundred percent because this team might look completely different in four weeks. Let's say Kirk cousins does get traded and, and then we have, Hendon Hooker, or not Hendon Hooker, he's with Detroit. We have a backup throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. Does Justin Jefferson really want to play with the backup if if the Vikings are, you know, six games out of the playoffs at that point and they're playing for nothing? Like, he, Jaron he has Hall. one more year. Yeah, Jaron Hall, Never BYU quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Like, if the, if the Vikings are that far out of playoff contention – Justin Jefferson has one more year left on his contract and he has said that he wants to get paid. Why would he risk getting paid to, to come back and play for nothing? Exactly. And the other, the other thing to, to talk about, and you just brushed on it is Kirk cousins. That is the other part of this conversation that gets completely dynamic for Justin Jefferson, because what does Kirk, Kirk Cousins is on the end of his contract. This is the last year on his contract. There are rumors that he could get traded. Let me ask you this question, Yeti. Where would he get traded to? I've seen people say the Jets. That's silly. Why would he go to? Why would the Jets spend any more draft capital when they have Aaron Rodgers, who has already said he's coming back? I don't think that's a possibility. The Falcons get fun. Falcons need a quarterback. Their division's pretty shitty. And Kirk Cousins completely elevates that. But in the same respect, does he sign a long-term deal with the Falcons after that? I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's what, 35 years old. And he is he's still a good quarterback. A lot of people give Kirk Cousins a lot of shit. But at the, the, at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. The problem is, is the Vikings defense is so atrocious that it it comes down to can can Kirk Cousins? That's a tongue twister. Can Kirk Cousins get us enough touchdowns to score the game or to win the game? I don't think Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback. And the other thing that we need to think about, and this is why I wanted to put a pin on on the Kyler Murray conversation because this this all comes tenfold. There is a lack of good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I think that's probably always a problem, to be honest with you. But, like, you look at the quarterbacks at this moment, what teams need a quarterback? Honestly, commanders, 
Falcons. Jets have an asterisk because Aaron Rodgers is slated to come back. Did I say Falcons? Mm-hmm. Seahawks potentially. Patriots. Patriots. Steelers question mark. There, that's a lot of teams, and there's not a lot of good quarterbacks. So you have someone like Kyler Murray, who is under a really big contract. If you and I said this, and it got clipped. If you take Kyler Murray and you put him on the Falcons, the Falcons get a shit ton better. The same thing could be said about Kirk Cousins. Could you imagine what would happen if Drake London and Kyle Pitts were catching balls from from Kirk Cousins instead of Desmond Ritter? But the issue is, is the Falcons are a run first team. So are they going to throw the ball? Because Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball more than any other quarterback right now, aside from maybe Matt Stafford. So... uh, I don't know where they go from here. I think the Vikings would be silly to not re-sign Kirk Cousins. That's my opinion. Kirk Cousins is not going to be the most expensive quarterback. He's going to ask for a price tag, as he should. He's going to come with some some baggage. But the other thing that I've heard is Justin Jefferson hasn't signed his uh, deal with the Vikings yet because he wants to see where Kirk Cousins goes. I've just heard that. I don't know if it's true, but I want to throw that out there because if that is the case, does Justin Jefferson move on? I mean, he's going to get franchise tagged. Yeah, but I I think when you look at the whole situation, if Kirk Cousins does get traded and Justin Jefferson is, you know, upset about that, basically what's going to happen with Minnesota is we'll we'll pay you whatever you want, you know, we'll give you your money. And we'll figure out the quarterback situation. You're going to get the ball. You're going to get your money. Is he? You're going to. You is know, he going to get the be, ball? Because if you have Sam Howell throwing the ball back there, it's a lot different of a ball than Kirk Cousins. But I mean, what a, they'll have a top ten pick this year if they continue on their same trajectory. They could go get Drake May. They could go get Caleb Williams potentially if they fall that far, right? So, I mean, I, I think obviously those two guys are. Probably better than Sam Howell at this point. Obviously, they're they're not even in the league, so it's hard to have that comparison. But <laughs> um, I, I think you know whoever is that quarterback, if Minnesota is willing to pay Justin Jefferson, I don't think it's a question mark if if he stays. He's I mean he's gonna he's gonna get money. He's gonna stay. Um, but with Kirk Cousins, what what gets interesting is what teams would really want to trade for him because you know in fantasy land it does sound great when we talk about Kirk Cousins potentially going to Arizona or Washington or the Patriots like midseason that sounds great right but it's not going to happen we we have to understand that there's a there's a learning curve with all of these offenses so basically you plug Kirk Cousins in and it might take him 2 months at least to get up to game speed mm-hmm. and then you're just trying to figure it out on the field against a live defense like Good luck. They're probably just going to blitz the fuck out of you and, you know, force your hand. So it's, I, I see if they keep on losing with Kirk Cousins, maybe they bench him at some point and, you know, say, you know, we'll see you later if they plan to let him go. But if they're losing, like I said, maybe they just keep on rolling with him and they just finish the season with him and see you later, Kirk. I think that's the most probable thing. Now, it is worth mentioning that the the Vikings did have Colt McCoy come and uh and try out. They ran a they they had him come over and they uh they tried him on. 
I think Kirk Cousins stays. I don't think because what's the Vikings going to ask for in return for Kirk Cousins? You know what I mean? Like we want a second round pick. Like they're not going to take a third round for him. So a second round pick, maybe even a first, but probably a second. Do teams want to pay a second round pick to take him knowing that there's a potential that he's just gone next season? You know what I mean? Exactly. So I, I think that the and we could be wrong. We could we could wake up tomorrow morning and Adam Schefter sends out a tweet that says Kirk Cousins was traded to the Falcons. I just don't think it's probable. So, and like you said, he's not the problem at all. He's only thrown four picks a season. Mm-hmm. He has thirteen throwing passing touchdowns, almost fifteen hundred passing yards. His completion rating is the highest it's been in the past three years. Like it's not him. No. It's that. It's just that whole. It's the offensive line. It's the defense. People around him are just letting him down. Unfortunately, yeah. And he's getting the wrath of it. Yeah, and I feel bad. For, I do feel bad for him because, like, I do think he's a decent quarterback. I think he's he's not bad. It's just he's really getting the shit end of the stick for no reason. So before we move over to our flex appeal, I do just want to say I appreciate all the questions. They're starting to flow in. We will answer them at the end of the show. So anybody who's asking these questions on YouTube or, or Twitch or wherever you're at, do appreciate them. We will get them. They are coming. Stay tuned. Let's move over to flex appeal, Yeti. Are we good to wrap up this Justin Jefferson conversation? Yeah, we're good, man. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's start out with your flex appeal question. Yeah. So my first flex appeal, Mm. would you rather play Jordan Addison versus Chicago or Jameer Gibbs versus Tampa Bay? Say less, baby. It's Jordan Addison to the moon. Um, yeah, the, the thing is, is, I mean, if they were playing the Eagles, this might be a different conversation, but they're playing the bears who were one of the worst passing defenses in the league. Jordan Addison is slated to potentially question mark fill this role with justin jefferson being gone at the very least i think everybody expects a higher target volume for addison with him out so him or kj osborne one of the two are both decent value propositions and i'd be willing to take that against a shitty uh shitty bears defense yep i agree with you uh the only thing i want to add is that chicago's allowing 173 yards to wide receivers so uh jordan addison he's not justin jefferson no. but there's going to be a shit ton of targets, so let's roll with Addison. Let's roll with it. All right, I'm going to bring you a question, Yeti. Are you flexing Zach Moss versus the Jaguars or Brees Hall versus the Eagles? This is really this is a disgusting one. This is really hard, but I figured I'd bring it to you. I think you saw my options, and you're like, how can I make this even nastier for Yeti? <laughs> uh, um, this is far from flexy, I have to say that. I know. Um, I know who I'm going to take here, but I just want to preface this by saying that the Jets, they lost their best offensive lineman with the torn Achilles' last game. And they have another offensive lineman that he left the game last week. So he's kind of up in the air for last year or for for this week. Sorry. Um, So that's two starting offensive linemen down for the Jets against the best run defense. Yikes. Yeah. Give me Zach Moss, man. Okay. Uh, we talked about Zach Moss earlier in this uh, podcast. He led the backfield last season. Or fuck, I'm I got my last, words all over week, the place, man. I, I'm getting too excited. Last yeah, week. he led the backfield last week, we and I expect Moss to do it for at least one more week. So give me Moss. I do too. I give me give me that Moss. Who Moss, baby? I'll take Moss as well. All right. Well, my next flex appeal option, man. I I think this is going to get a little nasty. Uh, we got wide receiver Drake London versus Washington or Rashad White versus Detroit. This is pretty gross. 
<laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> I, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. It's Drake London for me. It's Drake London. Rashad White, I owned Rashad White in in our Dynasty League, and I sold him in another piece for Puka Nakua in Dynasty, and I'm so happy that I did because Rashad White, I don't think is going to be in the league much longer, to be honest with you, Yeti. He is, uh, his yak is terrible. His volume is decent, but I think it's just because the, the Bucks really don't have a lot of options here. So Rashad White, not only is he not, what I believe to be the greatest running back in the world, but he's also going against the Lions, who have one of the best rushing defenses in the world at this moment. Aiden Hutchinson's killing it, man. He's doing a great job. I uh, I love the Lions defense. They're fun to the Lions in general are fun to watch this year, and and I'm not starting Rashad White against that that uh, very difficult defensive front. Drake London, on the other hand, is also pretty disgusting, but he's got back to back double digit weeks and. He's playing Washington, who are a little bit more friendly in the passing game. We saw what Justin Fields did with uh, with only DJ Moore. So hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe we see Desmond Ritter throw the ball a little bit this game, and, and that Drake London, I think, could potentially be the guy. So neither of them are great. I'm going Drake London. Yeah, not only did DJ Moore tear up this defense last week, but A.J. Brown two weeks ago. He had 39 PPR points against the same defense, and he went for 175 yards. So I know these are completely different offenses, and Atlanta likes to run the ball, but let's just pray that they throw the ball a shit ton and Drake London to the moon, baby. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, we can pray all we want. I don't, I don't see them actually throwing the ball a shit ton, but I think that if they're going to throw the ball, London has as good a chance as any to, to be a beneficiary of it. So I think London finishes higher this week in fantasy than White. So give me London. I'm going to flip the script back to you. I've brought some really gross ones for you, my friend, and I apologize for that. But are you mm. going to flex? And not that this is even a serious one because I don't think many people own shares of both, but would you rather flex DJ Moore versus Minnesota or Amari Cooper versus the 49ers? We've talked about both these guys today. Yeah. Uh, if you turn back the uh, episode a little bit, you can hear what I said about the Bears offense being great and kind of catching the slaps off guard here. Um so I'm going to say DJ Moore here. Um, obviously, we can't expect three touchdowns and 49 PPR points again this week. Sorry to say that, guys. Um, but I think we can expect low-end wide receiver production with high, you know, top five upside in, in this matchup versus Minnesota. So I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I'm also going to take DJ Moore. 49ers defenses are no slouches, as we know. Um, and... They might not even have their starting quarterback, so that that is troublesome. I'm going to take, while I don't love Justin Fields, I love the fact that he only looks for DJ Moore, and I'm going to try and play him over Cooper, so give me more as well. We have to disagree on one of these at some point, right? I, I hope so. We're, we're uh, four for four, so maybe these last two will be different. Huh? Perhaps so. All right. So my last flex appeal for you, Slaps, it's a battle of the wide receiver twos. Oof. We got Christian Kirk versus the Colts or Zay Flowers versus Tennessee. You're the only 10 I see, baby. Um, (laughs) You must have had a little too much moonshine in Tennessee. Yeah, I must have. Uh, Man, this is interesting. Zay Flowers is fun. Zay Flowers is 
the volume he saw last week was nice. The issue is, is he didn't catch any of the damn balls he saw. Hit him right <laughs> in the hands. And then you got Christian Kirk, who it's going to be Christian Kirk for me. It's got to be Christian Kirk. This Colts defense is not anything to write home about. Um, really, I don't think any of them are. The Titans are also pretty bad. Uh, but I, I, I tr- fuck. I trust Christian Kirk a little bit more than Zay Flowers at this point. I would like to start both of them if I could potentially, but I, I'm going to take Christian Kirk. I, I think that Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine himself, Sarah Jessica Parker. I mean, Christian Kirk is just back to back to back finding fantasy usage. So to back. So give me Kirk. I don't see the trend changing. All right. We're, we're going to disagree on this one. I'm going Zay Flowers, man. Um, the reason I'm going with Zay Flowers is because, yes, his target share went up last week. But I think this week they really have to make it a point to get the ball to their wide receivers. Hey, can you guys catch the ball this fucking week versus Tennessee? Because we're going to need you guys. Um, Tennessee is a, a clear pass funnel defense. And what I mean by that is they are going to stop the run. They're going to make you throw the ball. They're going to make you throw the ball over the middle because that's where they are weak at. That's where Zay Flowers is typically feasting at. And I know Odell Beckham is not OBJ of, of old, but he is still drawing coverage from secondaries, and that is alleviating some of the pressure that Zay Flowers is seeing. In fact, Zay Flowers is averaging uh, five more points with OBJ on the field than without. So I'm going to go with Zay Flowers in a good matchup here against Tennessee. I'm interested to see which one. I I do really like both of them because the Tennessee defense isn't good and the Colts defense isn't good. I just if Zay Flowers just keeps having these buttery old hands, it, I I might just. <laughs> might he's just got the rookie him. jitters. Yeah, I mean he does, but he's getting targets, man. It's crazy. Uh, my last one that I brought today for you, my friend, is Hollywood Brown, hometown hero, mm. baby versus the Rams, or Chris Olave versus Houston. Oh, God. I really like both of these guys, so it's hard to like pit them against each other, man. Um, so I, I just want to say the one concern I really have with Chris Olave is Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, since Alvin Kamara has returned to this offense, Chris Olave has uh, totaled 10.6 PPR points. Not great. Not great. And it's not it's not just because Alvin Kamara is running the ball. It's because Kamara is demanding a twenty five percent target share in the two games that he's played. That means less snap or less targets for Chris Olave, and it's not great. Chris Olave is looking like a boom or bust type of guy right now. So I have to go with the safe play in Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown is going to have to get fed with James Conner being out. I see you smiling. Hollywood is going to get fed without uh, Connor, like I said, and the game script is in their favor against the Rams. They're going to have to throw the ball to even have a chance in this game. So Hollywood is going to see double-digit targets, and I'm going to take the safety here. Agreed. It's Hollywood Brown for me. He, uh, I mean, like I said, you can't argue with the numbers. He's wide receiver 10 on the season. He's doing great. I'm taking Hollywood Brown. Chris Olave scares me as well. So that's it for the Flex Appeal, baby. And now let us get over to the brain busters here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to wail all right scotty you're gonna have to edit that in i don't know what's going on this is very abysmal the drop is not working so we're falling apart guys there you go all right first question (laughs) 
comes from Kitties88. He said, a dude offered me Ingram and C.D. Lamb for Kirk and Laporta. He's in a redraft PPR league. What are your thoughts? You know, I've never heard you talk with an accent like that, and I kind of like you that. Like you it. should, uh, yeah, you should come with a little Mexican flair every every episode that I'm on. Holy poppy! Ay, ay, ay. Um, <laughs> All right, Kitty's eighty-eight. Let me let me set you straight here. Set him straight. Um, I'm gonna lean with the Kirk and Laporta side. I am too. And I know that's probably kind of crazy uh, with with a name like CD Lamb here, but man, uh, I'm gonna go on a little rant against CD Lamb. The Dallas offense is not getting the job done, and it goes far beyond last week. I understand the matchup last week was hard. It was terrible uh, for C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott. But overall, it has been a terrible season if you drafted C.D. Lamb in the first two or three rounds where he was going. I mean, he's only had one top 10, even one top 15 finish in the past five games, and that was in week two. Since then, his target share has really dwindled. That offense just looks piss poor under Mike McCarthy. And I'm not very high on C.D. Lamb rest of the season, to be honest with you. And so with that being said, Laporta is looking great. He's on track to be the first rookie tight end to finish as the first or tight end one on the season. I love that. That gives you a positional advantage that we preach here on the podcast in the offseason. Go get your tight end early. You'll get Laporta and then Christian Kirk. He's a solid wide receiver two option right now. A lot of mouths to feed on that Jacksonville offense, but when uh, Zay Jones is on the field, it's opening up Christian Kirk for some reason. So give me Kirk and Laporta all day. Yep, I agree completely. I think Dak Prescott is a shitty quarterback, and I think that offense is bad. Give me Laporta and Kirk. Next question comes from VT Hunter 84 a.k.a. B-Rad. Thanks for the question, brother. Appreciate it. said, I just traded and bought, quote, low, in his opinion, on Justin Jefferson. He sent away Garrett Wilson in a 2025 first-round pick for Justin Jefferson. What are our thoughts? You committed highway robbery, my friend. Congratulations. Yeah, very easily. Justin Jefferson side by a million. I would take that. If I could pry away Justin Jefferson for that trade, I would do it every single day of the week. So congratulations to you, my friend. You probably could in our dynasty league. I'm pretty good at making trades happen in that league. Uh, next question comes from Squishy Ducky. He says, "Does Tank B, I'm assuming Tank Bigsby, have any potential this season?" Oh man, no. This one is really going to bite me in the ass because I was saying in the off season that Tank Bigsby is going to take snaps away from Travis Etienne, but my God, we haven't seen mm-hmm. anything yet this season. Not even on the red or in the red zone. It's been all Travis Etienne. He's earned the cowbell status. It's hard to see Tank Bigsby getting any playing time, barring injury. Knock on wood. We don't root for injuries we here. Do not. Root for injuries. I, he's nothing more than a handcuff for me at this point. Uh, ETN season is in full swing. Next question comes from Bronson Howe. Apologize if I said that incorrectly, but appreciate the question. He said, trade Michael Thomas and Cortland Sutton for DK Metcalf or Zay Flowers or Jacoby Myers or Terry. or Dude, I don't know what this question even is. So basically we're, we're saying DK or Jacoby Meyer. Or, or Zay Flowers. Or Scary Terry. Or <laughs> in this question, I appreciate it, but it needs a little bit more structure. 
for me. Would you trade away Michael Thomas and Cortland Sutton for Zay Flowers, Yeti? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah. I also Bas- I, Jacoby Myers. I, yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. I think I would prefer Jacoby Meyer over Zay Flowers. Though. Okay. Garrett Wilson. Uh, so give me Jacoby Meyer. No, I'm saying, like, would you do those for Garrett Wilson? Uh, MT and Sutton? Yeah. I say no. If I'm trading forward, Garrett Wilson? Correct. No. Okay, I agree. Um, Scary Terry for those two. I say no. No. Okay. Those two for DK Metcalf. I say interesting, but probably not. Yeah, this is a very interesting question. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I'll say no. Uh, yeah. I, no. I'll, I'll listen to you on this. Okay. Thank you. Uh, last question over on YouTube. Appreciate the questions. If you guys got any more, now's the time to get them in because we are about to wrap this show up. Question comes from George Play 01 He says, hey, guys, I'm 5-0. and Congratulations. Wish I was. That's me saying that, but I am happy for you. It says, my team is Tua, CMC, Kenneth Walker, Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Goddard, and he's flexing James Cook. I have Fields on the bench. Should I trade Fields and Kenneth Walker for Bajan Robinson? Yes. Oh, man. I don't know. I do love I love me some Bajan. Give me all of it, but Kenneth Walker is still a really great own too. And you're getting rid of Fields. What if Tua gets another brain scramble? Yeah. Do you, does he need Bajan? Is the question. I say he, he doesn't need him. He doesn't. Hmm. I think you you're make a good point. Yeah, I think you're just giving away depth for something that is a slight upgrade. Don't get me wrong. I like like I, I really do like Bajan, but Kenneth Walker's still getting it done. So I think realistically, you're you're giving away some depth for a very minimal upgrade here. I wouldn't do it. Hmm. Now, if you could trade Fields and Kenneth Wa- or Fields and maybe James Cook for Bajan, I don't hate yeah. that. That's what I was thinking too. Because if you give up Kenneth Walker, I mean, you're giving up a, a better fantasy running back at this current point for a, a not as productive running back in Bajan Robinson. Um, and I think right now is a good time to buy low on Bajan, but with Fields and Kenneth Walker, I think that might be a little too much yeah. now that I, I sit here and think about it. But if you can do James Cook and maybe Fields, I would feel a little more comfortable about that because now you have Bajan as a flex option. That's fun. I would do that for That's James nasty. Cook. And I don't get me wrong. I've, I've liked James Cook. I have liked James Cook for a while. I've been pretty high on him. I would 100% trade James Cook and Fields for Kenneth Walker if you can do that, or for Bajan, excuse me, if you could do that. So uh, that's it, Yeti. That's all the questions we have. So uh, I think it's time to get the hell out of here, man. I appreciate you doing this. Appreciate all the questions. This has been a really fun episode. We're doing this, of course, twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. We're live. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Go follow us on the podcast. We're on all the socials, so go do all that. And uh, I think it's time to get out of here. Hopefully this works. We are out if you enjoyed this episode make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs and remember brainiacs a championship should be more than a fantasy